All right, everybody, listen up. If you're not 18 or over, this podcast is not for you. So just turn around and walk away. You got that? Good. Thanks for downloading another Massacast. Uh, if you'd like to be interviewed, I'm always looking for more people. You can email me, massacast at gmail.com. You can listen to the police siren in the background. You can also um, make suggestions of people who you'd like to hear interviewed. Uh, not just New Yorkers, anywhere in the world, thanks to the miracles of the internet. And um, I better make this quick because the, clearly the, the feds are after me there. You can hear. Um, click the donate button. If you like what you hear, if you want to support the show, uh, I encourage you to click the donate button. Every little bit helps. And uh, if you have already, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. This episode, talking with uh, Mia Martina, who has been on the show in the past. You know her from her excellent podcast, I Want Your Sex. Um, subscribe to it if you haven't already. And she's got a new book called uh, A Year of Sex, all about her adventures. If you listen to her podcast, it's stories like that, incredibly awesome stories that you haven't heard before. If you're an addict of I Want Your Sex, like I am, it's... Uh, it, it, it's it's all that and more. Um, so here is my conversation with uh, Mia. Um, so I guess my first question, uh, I know this is, everyone's going to ask you this question. I'm sure everyone, but um, because when I read the book, the, the stories, I, I mean, I could hear your voice, you know, because I, I listened to your podcast. And so because I could hear your voice in my head, I was reading it. I was thinking like, this is, you know, this is this would be perfect as an audiobook too. Have you have you considered an audiobook? I've definitely considered it, um, but I don't think it's going to happen at this point. It's just not enough uh, time or time and then money and production. I mean, if somebody was going to take on the production of it, then I'd be more than willing to do it, mm-hmm. but it's um it's a lot of work. I mean, even just doing the podcast, it takes me a lot of takes to do the the story because not only do do you, like does it have to sound good with right intonations and emphasis on on different parts, but then also there's just general fuck ups that happen, and uh, that requires a lot of editing. So I mean, if I like had somebody that was just going to take on and produce it, and I could just come in and talk, um, that would be fantastic. But no one has stepped up to that. Uh, uh, offer. Well, who knows? Maybe, you know, uh, a huge uh, Hollywood producer is listening right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Um, maybe a little off topic or whatever, but I'm going to be doing um, the uh, Playboy radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your um, characteriz- characterization of those uh, radio guys is was just so spot on. I had a <laughs> I had a phone conversation with them and they are just so like that, like, well, Steven Spielberg might hear your your story oh, and then yeah. want to make it into a movie. And the difference is, is he's actually serious, right? Yeah, he's totally. So, but radio guys, and I don't know if you want to have this in the. In, I don't mind have, including this in it. I used to be. I was in radio for like fifteen years, and radio guys have this. There's a persona in radio that it's. Uh, I call it the "Hey Buddy" persona. It's where it's like everyone, "Hey Buddy," Every, everyone's just everyone's "Hey Buddy," and it's all this kind of this fake, this fake friendship or something like that it's i don't know how it's kind of a phonyism that almost yeah, almost they were, all radio people have right they were very like mia we just love your work right we just love everything that you do and then meanwhile they're like you know in their emails they're talking about me doing a live show right. and you know live skyping and i'm like well i do you not i don't have guests i don't really do a live I mean, I I can read my stuff live, I suppose, but it's a little bit different. So anyways, I'm doing that um, just to kind of see uh, if it makes a difference because it's kind of I'm I'm just going to release pieces that I've already recorded. So it's kind of no skin off my nose to do it. But uh, it was just very funny to to uh, interact with those guys where they're like, but somebody's going to hear this and they're going to make you a star. You're going to be a star. (laughs) Well, again, so when I talked to them, they were like, hey, how's it going? I know know, it's it's like if there's one area of people I know how, how to deal with in the world, it's radio people. Right. And it's yeah. this huge, and it's, and trust me, I'm not bragging. This is, that's not a brag, it's not something to be <laughs> proud of. And so 
I'm sitting there and they're like, oh, hey, buddy. You know, I'm like, well, you know, uh, I, you know, I have experience in this. You know, I was in radio and, and, and you know, they're like, oh, well, listen, this is going to be awesome. And you're going to be, you're just going to be incredible. We really loved your show. I'm like, really? And then when I started to explain my show, they, I, they had no idea what my show was. They'd never heard it. They were like, yeah. well, well, you know, uh, we don't want to just talk about kinkiness and submissive guys. So that, does that mean that you'll do what I tell you? <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, fuck. You <laughs> just, uh, and it's some like mofo podcast uh, <laughs> on Sirius XM. Mofo uh, podcast on Sirius XM. <laughs> Friday from like, there's three. So it's three different um, guests that they're going to have on the show that each get an hour. And so I'll have one hour and then we'll see how it goes from there if I can, if I want to continue to do it. I mean, I, w- I was thinking about it in a way because. I do get like a lot of emails asking for advice and uh, I don't necessarily always feel like I'm the best person to give advice. But at the same time, like when people are asking, I I definitely want to be talking to them because they're, you know, emailing me for some reason or another. So I might, I mean, if it ends up being something interesting and worthwhile, I might consider opening it up to, to, uh, you know, a Q and a or, I don't know, reading other smutty stories or something. Sure. Well, so, you, you, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why you think you're not qualified to answer questions on, on the subject. I mean, I understand if someone's saying, hey, listen, there's a problem with my, uh, with my transmission on my car. I understand if you'd be, you know, not answering all kinds of questions, but when it comes to swinging or poly or stuff like that, No, I guess so. You know what it is? I, it's more that there's just, there's so many people already doing that. That, you know, I just feel like, why am I just another drop in the bucket well, that's going to be I'll, I'll, giving sex advice? I'll tell you why I think, and I mean, I, I, this is, I don't want to make this sound like just a stroke fest or anything like that, but I know you like stroke fests. So, <laughs> I no, do. But, uh, no, but the difference between you, you know, the tone of your podcast and, and your book, and the same is the same thing like with, with, if you're reading a blog uh, that uh, or anything along those lines, where it's all positive. Your, your yours is not all positive. It's realistic, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, so people, I think people reading that, they're like, oh, this person's not <coughs> gonna, this person's not gonna throw a bunch of bullshit my way just because to make it sound like everything's. Because sometimes I'll, I'll read an article on Polly or something like that, or I'll read an article on something, and, and it's everything's roses, right? Everything's great, and everyone's getting laid, and you know, but it, that's not always the case, right? And you know, you're. Your podcast and your and your book show that you know it's not all fun, it's not all fun and games you know and I think that's maybe why people go to you for questions because they know that okay listen here's someone who's going to give me a realistic reply instead of just you know fake platitudes or something you know yeah I mean I think that I thank you for that and I think that that is generally the biggest feedback that I get is just that I have a very honest take on a lot of this stuff and I think that comes from my own experience and just the kind of person that I am and that my experience wasn't all fantastic in roses. I mean, my God, if it was, that'd be wonderful. But then also just, you know, especially when I was living in New York, it's like talking with so many, uh, poly people just, you know, running into them at events. I mean, they, a lot of times would talk about things as if there were no problems and jealousy is a man-made emotion Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and it just was very hard for me to, um, comprehend that because that was not how I felt at all. And I understand that, you know, probably if you're an out poly person, you're on the defensive quite a bit. And so it's like, oh, here's another person saying to me, well, don't you get jealous? And don't you, uh, you know, how is that possible? And that can never work. And, um, so I, I can imagine, you know, specifically some of the people that I spoke to who were, who've been doing it for, you know, 10, 20 years mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but y- you know, to not even really be able to touch on it and just be like, yeah, that was, that was real, but we've learned how to deal with it and things are all cool now. Um, well, it's, it's even, it goes beyond that. I think, I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, when I was first starting in the New York scene, um, which is when I first got to New York. But when I first started, I was reading a lot of blogs and, and websites where people were talking about their experiences. And, but I'm saying that when you only present the positive, 
the reader and the person who experiences that in real life are like, well, what's wrong with me if I'm not having these types of experiences? Whereas you, you know, there were, there were times when you left when you because the music was bad or, you know, or you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was... It, it, yeah, there was plenty of times that I did not have sex. Right. Which actually, can I just interject here and say that that's something listening to your podcast, sometimes I've had to be like, man... There, people are having the kinkiest, craziest sex, and I am not right now, and this is making me feel bad. <laughs> and then I have to be like, well, you do, just not right now, and that's okay. But because like your show can be – and I'm not trying to criticize your show, oh, no. but, it, but it's all just – this is this is life right because you look through other you look at what other people's experiences are and your show is like can be this condensed conversation just about kinky crazy stuff right and if you're not doing that right now but you want to then it's like well this makes me feel bad right well and that's the other thing too like when we're when 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 i'm talking to people they're specifically telling me about their experiences, right? Well, exactly, right. exactly. And that's what you have to have that lens to just set, yes. to just be like, this isn't their everyday life. This is just them talking about these experiences. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, and, and it, it's just, it ends up being sort of like a self-esteem, you know, macro, micro versus, you know, how you look at things and, and, uh, and anyways. No, no, I, 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 t- I totally agree. And it's like one, one of the most, one of the most positive feedback. One of the, or how do I even? My brain isn't working yet. Today. One of the, one of the episodes that I got the most positive feedback on was one with Sinclair and Sinclair's girlfriend, where we talked about how do you get a dominant to dominate? How you know? Oh yeah, I listened to that. That was good. And those and because you know we were talking about a problem that people have in DS relationships, which is sometimes you want to play and the other person doesn't, or the person isn't inspired to do so, or whatever. There were people like, oh, I thought it was just me who had this problem, you know. When you have exactly. someone, when you have someone like Sinclair, who's like, you know, the the Mario Andretti of kink or something. <laughs> exactly. That was like the worst. That's the first sports <laughs> metaphor I could think of. What was wrong with me? I almost said O.J. Simpson, which would not be. <laughs> no, don't She's the O.J. Simpson of kink. Oh no. <laughs> she would never talk to you again. No, no. So I mean, you know, so. You know what I'm saying, though. It, it uh, you know, because people, you know, we're talking about their difficulties. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should, maybe I should end every episode with, "All right, tell me how your life's fucked up, or tell yeah, me what's that, wrong with you." Your biggest disappointment. Yeah, what are your, yeah, yeah, this is true. Um, yeah, no, but I, I again, I don't mean that as a criticism of your podcast. It's just one of those things where, um, you know, you have to. It's like it's like all of this sort of stuff, you know, things come together and they fall apart. Things come together and they fall apart. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just life. And that's generally how I view things is. And so when things come together, you're so and I should really say I, I am so appreciative of when they are and when they fall apart. It's sort of like, well, they've fallen apart, but they're hopefully going to come back together sooner rather than later. Well, that's also when uh, you have an opp- opportunity to learn something, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes with anything. I think it's a hard thing for people to to think about uh, in general. You know, uh, to make sure that you realize, okay, what I'm what I'm experiencing, what I'm what this is, is just my own very unique perspective on something, and I'm not seeing the whole picture. It's almost like there'll be sometimes when I'll read nothing but political news and I'll listen to only political podcasts, and then so when I'm talking to someone who has no clue who Rick Santorum is, I'm like, how can you not know who Rick? You know, and or, or, you know, someone who doesn't know who Mitt Romney is or something. I'll be like, well, how can you not? And I'll realize, oh, because I'm obsessed with this information. And th- right. this, is not their, this is not their thing. Of course they don't, you know. For them, their thing is, you know, uh, you know gummy bears. or I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's something completely <laughs> different. And I shouldn't, you know, everyone's not, seeing, everyone's not seeing the world through my perspective, which is funny because, of course, that's one of those, well, no shit Sherlock things, right? Um, and I think, but then I think that's that's good to look at, which is just about everything. Is is that while you know you're not hearing the whole story, you know, whenever you're doing that, which is why, again, why I, I like your book and why I like your podcast is because it, there'll be sometimes. I remember so many times. I remember specifically the uh, the episode with uh, on your podcast where you're talking about having a threesome, uh, and yet this guy came over and he was drunk and nervous. Oh and like yes. That. And I remember thinking like. I was so jealous of this guy when when you were reading you know when you were reading it 
uh, on the podcast. I was so jealous. I was like, this lucky fucking, oh, this asshole. How is this guy doing, you know? And then, and then he screwed it up. And I was like, what were you thinking? For, I, went, I went from <laughs> hating the guy because I couldn't live through him, by, by, because I was living, only living through him vicariously, to hating the guy because I couldn't live through him vicariously, because he screwed things up, right? Um, yeah. And so, uh, but I, I think that's, that's, that's a good thing about it. But at the same time, it sometimes makes me sad when I hear and read those stories, but like, what, you know, because I'm rooting for you, obviously, you know, I'm, I was, you know, so I'm re- and it's not just because I know you as a friend, but I'm rooting for you. And so when things kind of go bad, it, it makes me a little sad. But that's the nice thing about the book is on the podcast, the story will end and you're left with going, oh, what, 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 what? <laughs> Yeah, then- I mean, there's still a lot that I ended up leaving out, um, you know, and at some points I felt like, oh, gosh, is am I just leaving an impression of only ever having a bad time? But I think that there's, uh, you know, a lot of this coming together and falling apart and uh, which to me is just all about um, balance that, that there is. And, you know, I mean, there's definitely a lot in the book in my relationship with Carmen that I did not include in the book um, that, you know, is just more private. So these were just the, the um, experiences that I felt, uh, you know, were still private. I mean, it's amazes me that I still have this book and this podcast detailing as much as I do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all of that is, is true. When your current partner, do you mind if I say his name or no? Uh, oh, well, his pseudonym is, is, uh, is Nate. Nate. Right. Yeah. So, so when, when Nate, uh, reads this, does he, has, had he heard all the stories so he knows everything or were, were there times when he was reading through it and he was like, what? I can't believe you did that. That's so hot. Or, or I can't believe what were you thinking? This is. Is it all old news to him or? Um, well, he was a big part in the production of the podcast. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he he is the one that sort of came on board and inspired me to to uh, write these stories and to and to produce a podcast. And, you know, that was sort of going on when we were starting to get back together. And I couldn't believe that he had the capability that he has to uh, be able to hear about me hooking up uh, as much as he does. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, he has amazing separation like that. But it doesn't – he's such a um, talented, business-minded, um, creative producer that it's not like he – he will hear the story and be like, oh my God, this is so hot. We got to go fuck right now. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he'll then just be like, I can't, this is too much. Uh, This, this weirds me out. I can't talk to you or look at you for a while. Like he's very level headed about it. Um, And actually the, what's interesting is like the, the story that we were kind of talking about before air, the Nicholas and Charlotte story, which um, I shared on the podcast, which is, which is probably the most, um, kinky or the the I think it's probably one of the more kinky chapters is uh, going to this party with this couple. Um, that's one of his favorite chapters, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You got to read that one in the podcast. When are you going to read that one?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think there's something that he is able to embrace in terms of um, the fact that we all have a past, and that's my past. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's not my, my present. So there's a difference between that. I mean, anything that, that happens outside of our relationship outs, um, that I do with other people, yeah, he doesn't really want to know about that so much. Um, and it's really shifted from then, you know, pieces that I've written and, and have podcasted uh, that are about other people like he doesn't really want to edit those pieces or hear those podcasts right. um so it, it's definitely shifted because the past is the past but the present it's sort of like yeah i don't really want to know that right i've always wanted to know when you are writing these for your podcast and for the for the are you do you i mean obviously when you when someone writes something they have an intent right they have you ha- you have to kind of write something and go into it with like what is my intention here? are you trying to turn people on are you trying to are you trying to expose something about yourself are you trying to 
uh, when you were writing it, were, were you, you know, what was your perspective? Or did it depend on the story? Were you trying to say, okay, this is going to make a lot of people hot and bother when I write about this? Or, you know, well, what is it? Yeah, you know, what's that? that's a great question because it's yes, really... Yes, yes! <laughs> awesome! Great question. Okay. It's, um, writing is a very fascinating process because I would go in um, to write a piece and I would think that I knew exactly what I was going to write and it would come out completely different. Mm-hmm. And even though it's my life, and I know what would ha- I know obviously I know what happened, but it it inevitably those details didn't always come out mm-hmm. um, that I thought that I was going to write. Like the the writing would take me in another direction entirely. So, um, you know, because I did the for, I mean the pot for the podcast specifically because I I just do it once a month, and because in that time frame I would get a lot of feedback. Sometimes, yeah, I would base the story on the feedback. Um, but even then, it's not like it wasn't so literal. Um, but I tried to have a good balance. You know, I would kind of look – I'm very right and left brain, so I'm very analytical and creative. So I would kind of look at the overall story arc and be like, okay, you know, I even had this little graph of like – how many, you know, orgasms were had and what kind <laughs> were they? Um, it was well, very... because you wanted to even you wanted to make it sound like your orgasms were evenly distributed that you mentioned. You want to make sure you had just as many clitoral well, as G spot or <laughs> I mean, not necessarily how, although that was very interesting. When I started to read to, to edit the whole book in its entirety, I was like, man, I got I got to get some new moves. I do the same thing. <laughs> well, if it works, so, right? If it ain't broke. If it, sure. And there, it's always different people or a lot of times it's different people in the book. But as the reader, it's like, oh, there she goes again. She's going to like straddle the guy and do a lap dance. It's like, oh, that's boring. <laughs> there she goes again with the straddling and the lap dance. Well, how is that a bad thing? I don't understand how that would be. Cause as the as the reader, like that's the thing. Like if I took my as as the reader or the listener, it's like you don't want to get bored by it. But did you? <clears throat> so it's not like I made anything up. It's not like I change. I would just maybe take out. So you would um, you would just wouldn't mention a a striptease thing that you did. Yes, <laughs> I took out some stripteases. Yes. So <laughs> so, so much. She's got a really sexy book. She took out a lot of strip teases. What? <laughs> Why would she take out? Um, but at the same time, when you were doing this, clearly, I mean, strip teases and straddling is your A game. It, it, yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> I wasn't trying to induce, like, sorry, my voice. I'm also still getting sure, over this cold. Sure. So yeah, right. um, it's Don't starting to. Don't try to start anything with me. <laughs> um, was there, I, I, this is something I probably should have asked you on our first interview because, I, you know, this is something I've always wondered. Has anyone, either from the book or from the podcast, ever identified themselves? As a person. Oh, hey, that is another great question. Oh my God, that's two. This is a record. <laughs> this is a record for the show. Okay, so Nate, uh, Nate, the sex party Nate, um, we fell out of touch. And then just recently, and since my time in Austin, he texted me and uh, he, you know, he, he knows my real name. I think the text started out saying something like Mia, question mark, question mark, question mark, and uh, said something kind of cheeky about something that I had said about him. And uh, I was like, oh, so you, you have, you've figured it out or <laughs> you've, I've been found or whatever. The jig is up. Yeah. And it was all because a friend of his listened to uh, the podcast and I was recalling the um, party that Nate took me where we were on the um, on the boat and he was dressed up like a, a um, what's that guy's that tennis player's name? Ralph Nadal um, uh, pirate. Right. And it, 
the guy who was listening to the podcast recognized his friend based on that description and then texted him and was like, dude, I think this chick has been writing about you or whatever. (laughs) So um, we had a funny exchange about it. So there wasn't any fallout or anything? No, no, no. And like he was still seeing um, Gabriella here and there. And he's like, I'm going to tell her and let her know as well and so then i i was like okay yeah and then i detailed all the ones that he's been listed in (laughs) (laughs) but that was very that was very funny um so far that's the only person i mean i think that there's been one other when i started to go to sex parties in new york after the podcast had already been out there were some people that knew me as Mia and then as my real name and but they didn't always necessarily know about the podcast um well because so it started to get a little confusing <laughs> I, would, I was I would always wonder if someone found out about your podcast and you showed up at a sex party if they would change what they were doing based on what they knew your preferences were you know what I'm saying it's like oh I've heard yeah. from the podcast like this you know uh, I better give her the opportunity to straddle me, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I think because I've moved like that hasn't really happened so much. But I think I bet if I continue to go, um, there would definitely be some crossover of people who knew me in both the worlds and listened to the podcast. And, you know, it's it's great to have stepped out at that point because it just it gets to be too much. And, you know, I, I don't really want to have that sort of interaction of people, um, you know, knowing me from the podcast. Cause as we've been saying, it's still, it's still one angle. It's, yeah. it's still, you know, it, it's not the, the all of me. So well, I know that if I were, if I were having a sex party and you showed up, uh, I know that I would be a little more as a host, if I was the host, I would be a little more paranoid about certain aspects. Like okay. you would be like, "Hey, what's the music?" Exactly. I'd be like, "What's the music?" Uh, oh my god! Which which does uh, so that brings up there is a section in the book where you talk about what is you know you have a sex playlist, right? I do. Yeah, I did one. For me, music is so secondary when it comes to these things, for, and it's almost it can be a distraction sometimes for me, like in yeah. a, in, a, in a bad way. Not be, not because the music is bad, just because a lyric will pop in my head or something like, why are they saying this? You know, and I, and I shouldn't be thinking about the music. Or also the music is so loud that, you know, it kind of takes away from the, someone, you know, someone will say something. And I'm like, what? I'm sorry. Say, can you, and the music is really, can you say it again, please? And it kind of takes away from the. Yeah. But there were a few songs on your playlist that I thought were kind of questionable. Oh, For you, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were really. I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I was going through them, like, I thought these are going to be like the ultimate sex songs, right? Um, I'm just going to do a couple of the songs here, and you can tell me why you picked them. The Macarena. <laughs> Sailing by Christopher Man, Cross. I should not have. You took me down that path. I fell for it. Taking Care I, of <laughs> Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. The Soundtrack to Oklahoma. <laughs> Anything by Insane Clown Posse. Oh, my God. You know, you got to mix it up. Billy Joel Piano Man, which good song, but that's more of a sing along. I don't think and it's kind of sad at parts, you know. Yeah, that's it. That's the come down song. Okay, that's sort of like the all right. Well, I mean, people can obviously buy the book and see where the other songs are, but (laughs) I had no idea you were into musicals and insane clown posse. That's really. Hey, I am full of surprises. You are. Actually, to be honest, there there are some songs in there that I had never heard before. Or I should they're say, all I'm, kind of obscure. That's what I was gonna say. Actually, like when I look at that playlist, I'm like, I don't. I mean, so many of the songs are just like the one song that I know of from the artist. That's it. Well, and also, but I mean, the same thing goes when you're listening to the podcast. You hear the songs, obviously, uh, on the podcast too. Uh, and and there have been very rarely have been these songs that I've ever heard. So I'm like, oh my god. I, I thought I was this musical guru. I thought I knew just about everything. But I realized I was in, I was in Top 40 Radio. I know, I know just, <laughs> you know. Like the other day, I, was, I, I felt so proud that I knew who PM Don was and Saad did not know who PM Don was. I was like, oh, well, let me introduce you to PM Don. <laughs> yeah. Set adrift on memory glass. I'm like, it was, a, it was a number one hit. Well, how do you? 
but you don't have PM Dawn in here, so. Um, Sadly, <laughs> I, no. But yeah, so you do, and on all series, you do have stuff from uh, Super Melody, Thunder Heist, which I think who's a professional wrestler as well. <laughs> Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. They're very sexy. Yeah. You could listen to that whole album. Oh yeah. Oh, but Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. Do you want to touch? I can get that one. Sure. Um, Primal Scream. You chose some Velvet Morning. I thought you'd choose like Get Your Rocks Off from Primal Scream. Wasn't that Primal Scream? No, maybe it wasn't. Um, Paul White. So you you do have some really good uh, good stuff on here. That's non uh, non Insane Clown Posse, and it's not the Macarena. Which the Macarena, I think, would be. I think it was a bad choice. I don't want to criticize you too much on it, but you know. <laughs> Hey, well, this has been a very big learning experience. You would be happy if I straddled uh, somebody to begin a sex scene every chapter. And (laughs) you would be happy if I was doing it to the Macarena. (laughs) (laughs) So next book, that's what you can expect. Uh, but there are there are maybe it's because this is the, these are the questions you always get right like this this sec, you know the chapter sex partying with style and you know glossary you have all that stuff in there is it because you had a lot of people saying well how do I successfully navigate a sex party is you know of course like realistic expectations is one of the first things you mentioned is that because that's one of the most common questions you get and so you use that listen just buy the book I don't you know or. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just marketing. That's all. <laughs> no, no, but you, I mean, is that probably the most common question you get? When people- um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the <clears throat> just like how to find the parties and how to go to them generally yeah. is a question that I get. Um, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess for me, I, I wanted to include those, um, the tips, uh, just because I feel like that's, a summary of everything that I've learned and if you had to just take out all the sex and just take the the lessons from what I learned that that is in those tips um and so I felt why not condense it and put it in it, it's not it's not an annoyance thing like oh I'm bothered by asking and yeah. getting uh you know that question so I just want to refer people to that it's more that um I just thought it was helpful well and, and because it's what a lot of people want to know right <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, it is. It's a bonus. It is a bonus. What is what is the uh, uh, the chances are of, of having you uh, another book? Because I know there, there's there's a lot more to your experiences than just what you've written. I mean, I've you've told me some stories personally of what stuff that's happened that I'm like, well, I'm going to hear that in a podcast someday. But gosh, I know. I don't know. I would love to do another book. Um, it would probably be one that would never. It just be not. Um, not podcasted at all. Mm-hmm. Like I would just do a book itself. Um, the journey of this book was definitely a long one. And so I'd like to condense that yeah. um, in the future. Um, yeah, I've thought about doing uh, another book of more of uh, like my beginning story with my first girlfriend and just get like getting into kink. Um, but I don't really know. I, I don't really know. I, I'm not like my current relationship, you know, it's definitely uh, more on the private side. So I, there's not um, there's not too much that I would release uh, about my current life. Yeah. So that kind of puts a limitation there. So, uh, I, 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 that kind of brings us to another question, but I have another one that I'm apparently too lazy to type. Uh, to, to say for later, but I know you have a lot of people who are obsessed with the podcast, and I know that you you and maybe maybe correct me if I'm wrong of any of this, but I know when you were in, in New York, you'd get people who were just emotionally involved, and I, that that just kind of goes with the territory. They're like emotionally involved with your story, and were just would write you, I can't believe this happened or something. Was this was the book? Did you find that to be where people were like, oh, finally, I get more, I, I get more Mia on top stories. Uh, were the people who are like, oh, finally more. You know, it's almost like watching Battlestar Galactica when they <laughs> wait a year and a half and then finally you get. Yeah, but you know, they're an insatiable crowd, you know, because 
It's like they want the print book and now they want the audio book and now they want more podcasts and they're not happy that it's once a month and, oh, now I've missed a month and where are you? And, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's uh, a bit intense. And I appreciate that because that's all just, you know, I can see that that's support. But at the same time, um, <laughs> like I don't really make much money from this and I have a full-time job and yeah. a relationship and other things that I do beyond this. So, um, I would love to just, uh, appease the masses and give them Mia on top, you know, every day at every hour, but that's hmm. just not possible. <laughs> let's, let's talk about, uh, Austin. Um, yeah. All right. Because obviously it's a huge, it's a huge change. I, I would think. Yeah. New York is, is a very, I mean, New York is so fast paced and it's so, there's so much going on here and there's so many options of shit to do. In Austin, it's not like you're in, you know, it's not like you're in the, you know, Clear Pond, Iowa or something like that. But, you know, it's a, it's a huge, you know, metropolitan area. It's slower. It's it is slower. slower. What have you, what have you noticed there as far as the difference in, you know, se sex parties? And I, I know you're not really in the scene there, but. What have, have you noticed a difference in vibe from the house parties, from the apartment parties or whatever? Or? It's just much more casual and friendly. And I mean, not like New York isn't friendly. That's the wrong word. I just mean a uh, friend based, yeah. you know, so it's it's definitely smaller and, um, you know, not as these big sort of extravagant productions, which, yeah. you know, trust me, you've read the book, you know, not everything in New York is a big extravagant production, right. but, um, you know, it's, it's different. It's different in a lot of, I mean, it's different in Austin in a lot of ways too, just because of, um, you know, everyone drives here. So that element is different too. Um, there's something just so that I love about New York that is so decadent about, just that uh, it's such a late night town and then you can do whatever the, the fuck you want and then take a cab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. Um, so there's a, a sort of more of a level of responsibility, I feel, as a whole, just in going out culture. Um, I mean, there's definitely cabs here. You can do that. But it's just – it's different. Um, so, yeah. The, so people know each other more in the scene um, – like you'll just see them at the grocery store yeah. a lot more. <laughs> that's in, that's a bit that is a bit of a difference, store. you know. Oh yeah. I mean I've gotten recognized from okay, so from doing the show Bedpost, um, I've gotten recognized just when I'm like going to see my chiropractor. <laughs> like just <laughs> you know, I, I get recognized around a lot more than I did in New York. Um and I think that's partially why I'm not uh, seeking out parties as much um, because it is so small. Yeah, um, you don't want to be you don't want to be just that person that everyone identifies as that person. Is that I mean you want to you want to be able to be yourself? You you don't want to have to always be Mia on top. Is that what it is? Or? Well, I mean, in some respects, no. But in some respects, it's like right now, I because I'm not in that scene i'm just like the elusive mia on top people <laughs> don't really like uh haven't seen me in action yeah. and in some ways maybe i'll just keep it that way because um i i'm just i'm not totally willing to put myself out there and then to have people start having stories about me or, or you know and and i'm sure that that'll change because I, i'm going to get kind of bored mm -hmm. sure, sure. <laughs> but you know because then because when it's a small scene then everyone is like oh yeah i've played with her and you know watch out for this or <laughs> she's great with that or you know what i mean like it just is a little different than what i'm used to and i'm not opposed to it it's just not where i'm at right now well let's talk about bed post confessions a little bit uh <laughs> Yeah, sure. So um, that's this uh, monthly reading and performance series that I started with um, three other women uh, pretty quickly since moving down here. So we've been going for, I don't know, almost a year and a half. Um, and it's either something that would 
totally sink or totally, um, you know, take off and it has taken off and it's phenomenal. Um, there wasn't in New York, you know, I went to so many reading series, um, that happen on, on a monthly basis that are in the sex, sex, sexuality, erotica Mm -hmm. arena. And in Austin there, there hasn't been anything like that. Um, so we basically set up um, camp and have a growing and steady loyal audience that is, uh, you know, just get growing and getting bigger and bigger. We're moving to a new space. In fact, next month. Wow. Um, yeah, I know it's it's fantastic. Um, so uh, we uh, take confessions from the audience and we read them aloud, and we have a variety of different readers and. Uh, artists in any way, like musicians and, um, dancers and even magicians. We've had a magician come on, um, and, uh, share their work and it's all related to sexuality. Um, and there is a podcast version, um, of that as well, which I work on. Um, so it's been really exciting. Um, but it's definitely (laughs) like, uh, part of the moving to Austin and actually taking on more work aspect because uh, uh, we run a, a tight show. So there's a lot of um, production involved in it. And the great thing is, is that I share it with three other women. So it's not all uh, on you. Yeah. It's not all on me, but the, that that's the positive but the negative is is that we're very opinionated. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, discussion well, about that's, a, that's probably a good thing right it make, makes it not it makes it a little more not difficult but it makes it a little more you know tough to no, get things great. through but it means you get the, nothing but the cream of the crop on the at, at the end yeah yeah at the, i mean at the end of the day we have a great product i think because we all have different points of view and skill strength i mean um skill sets and all of that but uh it just makes it also more time consuming to uh, go through all that sort of stuff so yeah between my full-time job and uh my relationship and the book and uh bed post uh, you know i'm a busy lady yeah. So I have I had this one question. I don't know how to phrase this because I, someone, when I was mentioning uh, I was going to interview, this was, wow, because we, we've been talking about this interview for a long time. Um, someone had this question and I don't know how to phrase it. Well, I'll just, I'll just kind of ask it. So do you get any grief uh, having been in a lesbian relationship and then going into a hetero relationship? I've oh, heard that in, was that in, was phrased just well. Um, and no, I haven't. Um, you know why I, I would ask that question though? Because there's some people who, you know, it's almost like a traitor thing among the lesbian community and not all of them, of course, but there's, uh, some people who hate, hate that stereotype of, of someone who, oh, well, she, she, she needed a man, but she just wanted a girl for a little while and that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I was expecting that, um, I mean, I was a lesbian for nine years, um, regardless of my relationship with Carmen. When I got involved with Carmen, I had already been in a relationship with Nate. So I had already kind of uh, closed the door on being a, you know, gold star lesbian. (laughs) So um, Triple A rated. But when I in that process, which is not written about in the book, because um, it's all prior to that, but in that process of of uh, you know getting being starting to be involved with Nate and starting to go out with him uh, more regularly and then have him become my boyfriend, yeah, I thought that I was going to get a lot of grief, um, but I didn't, and I think because um, number one. I have good friends. When people tell me that their friends would do that, I'm kind of like, well, that's not the coolest thing. But just from not friends, but then just uh, from the community itself, I never really did. I think because maybe of how I present things, but then also the community, I think, is just changing so much. Like transgenderism and just queer politics um, is – so much bigger than when I first came out as a lesbian. Um, and yeah, in the, in that decade, I've definitely seen a big change. I think that the people are much more open to, and then so many of my lesbian friends, they've occasionally had sex with guys now. Like they just, 
you know, they still identify as a lesbian, but they're not so closed. Yeah. Um, well, you also presented yourself. You never presented yourself as strictly one way either. I did. I did in those like nine years. Right. I did. I mean, Nate was just a sexual experiment mm-hmm. that I just I wanted to have sex with a guy. I'd never had sex with a guy. And uh, but I never thought of myself as a virgin. I never thought of myself. I mean, I, I was a hetero virgin mm-hmm. is how I thought. of, uh, And so I never expected him to to become anything to me, yeah. to be honest. You know, he was a one night stand. Um and and the thing is, is that my friends saw me on this whole journey. And then especially when you see us together and, you know, like I said, I have good friends who are just like, well, you're so fucking happy with him. Like, why would I care if he's the guy versus a girl? Yeah, you, um, you fall in love with who you fall in love with, right? Exactly. And that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of how I've been from the beginning in terms of coming out. Like I fell in love with a woman. I never intended to... uh become a lesbian um so no i haven't really gotten any grief that's good Uh, yeah i mean i think that now it definitely feels um different to you know have have set up camp and and you know have a house and we you know we eloped and all of that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. like it's it's it feels like okay now i'm really a part of the heterosexuality (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a progression of things and I, but to answer your question, no, I, I haven't, but that's if, good. if the hate mail wants to start coming, that's fine. If you want to call me a has-been, oh, I think I've been called a has-been on like some comments that have come through, but you know, that's fine. I don't heard that phrase before. <laughs> that is, that's funny because it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it? I mean, it's fine. I am. I don't. It doesn't bother. I mean, that's true. Like I was, and now I'm with a man. Like I am a part of that whole system now. I'm a breeder. Like yeah, totally. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I I'm not gonna argue with that. That's true. Well, um, this is. I, I always enjoy shooting the shit with you. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, you know, the it's interesting how. An interview with you is different one-on-one than it is uh, over Skype. And, and sometimes you always wonder, are we going to have the same vibe, the same verbal chemistry as when you're sitting across a person, you can see their body language and everything like that. And I have to say, it's, uh, it's a lot easier talking to you over Skype because you're not as handsy. Handsy? Yeah, you're so handsy. Uh, you mean gesticular? No, like, like you're always touching and mounting oh. and straddling. and. <laughs> It's just really distracting, you know. Uh, I I am kind of handsy though. I touch people a lot. I realize. No, it, it, but I hope I hope next time you come to New York, you'll sit down. and We can do another one in person, and and you know we can talk about a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure that will pop up. And yeah, I'd love to. I love being on your show. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, come, and come to Austin too. We'd love to have you be a part of Bedpost. Um, and. Um, just love to have you here. So I'm definitely curious to check out Austin and, uh, you know, yeah, it's definitely different. It's not New York. I mean, now I was so tired of New York and now that I'm not in New York, I have like all these romantic notions about it again, which is funny, which is kind of a happy place to be because I like having romantic notions about New York as opposed to, uh, living there and being in the drudgery of it and just being like, Oh, the subway, the fucking MTA. And do you miss, (laughs) do you miss, do you miss New York at all? Is there? Oh God. Yeah, I really do. I, I mean, I love that city. I, I just adore it. Um, but it just got to be at a time. I just needed to leave. Yeah. I, we might, we might end up being that, that, that couple that ends up moving back there. Um, which is what so many people told us when we left, um, which I, we're not opposed to. It's just like when you love something so much, but then you just I, – I, I, I hated it. I was like, ugh, I couldn't – I was just miserable. And uh, it, it's like you ha- I needed to leave to be able to go and appreciate it. Yeah. But no, it's not like I'm moving back tomorrow or anything. I'm very happy to have my house and my yard and uh, my dog and uh, – a car to take groceries <laughs> <laughs> and not be in a fifth floor walk up. And right, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I have, and also you probably don't have to worry about the G train. 
anymore. And like, no. Oh God. At fucking G train. The first time I, the first time I, I met you that to interview, actually the first time I interviewed for the podcast, I had to take the G train and (laughs) I should have like left the day before. I know. (laughs) But, um, well, before I forget, where, where can people get the book? Yes. So, uh, the book, a year of sex.com and it's available, um, as an ebook on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and iBooks. And, um, the print version is out. I just got it. Uh, and I'm going to start shipping them out. I've got some orders that I got to fill. Um, so the print version, you can go to yearofsex.com and click on the little button. It'll take you to Google Checkout and uh, order it from there. And then I will sign it and uh, send it off to you. Yeah. What do you yeah. What do you sign? I mean, do you usually say just do you just sign your name or do you say like with love? Oh, I have a little something that I say. Oh, so you're not gonna, you're not going to tell? You, I guess you have to order the book to find out what it is. Yeah. One. I mean, I don't want to say on the air, and then people will be like, oh, whatever. i'm I'm, now i'm very curious i've got to order the book so i can find out what it says it's a little surprise so that when they open it up they see you know Hmm. what what i've inscribed to them probably quoting Um, christopher cross sailing or something or some some lyrics from the macarena who knows um hollow notes it's always (laughs) she's a rich girl (laughs) um so yeah year of sex uh dot com for uh, all the links for all the books, ebook. Um, so it's cheap. It's four ninety nine. Um, yeah, yeah, four ninety nine. What am I uh, saying? Whoa, for I bought it. I, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe I just forgot how. That's but that's that's a hell of a deal. It is. It is. The print version is a little more. It's uh, thirteen fifty, but still, still, still a, a deal. I steal at twice the price. So. And then otherwise, my website, MiaOnTop.com, for my podcast, I Want Your Sex, and uh, BedPostConfessions.com for Bedpost Confessions, which um, those two podcasts, you can also just look on iTunes, I Want Your Sex, and Bedpost Confessions. I definitely recommend both. If people haven't heard, I'm sure everyone that's listening to this has heard your uh, I Want Your Sex. If they haven't, they're they're stupid and dumb, and they need to get on that, so they're not stupid and dumb. But Bedpost Confessions is also, I mean, people, uh, you know... uh, who haven't checked that out, you're really missing out. So I definitely check that. Download all the past episodes. So thank you. Yes, please. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks to uh, Mia again. Her uh, website for her book is A Year of Sex. And you can find all of the links on uh, the Massacast website, massacast.com. Thank you again for listening. And uh, again, if you have any suggestions of people to interview or if you'd like to be interviewed, be totally anonymous, mastercast at gmail.com. We will see you later. Bye-bye.